back to Blood and Black Lace, where we discuss what nightmares are truly made of. Tonight, on episode 16, we're headed to the state famous for the Grand Canyon, the Hoover Dam, and the breathtakingly gorgeous Painted Desert. Welcome to the beautiful state of Arizona. signed a bill making the western half of the New Mexico Territory a separate territory named Arizona. Then, on February 14, 1912, Arizona, also known as the Grand Canyon State, achieved statehood, becoming the very last continental state to achieve statehood and be admitted into the Union. Arizona history is rich in legends of America's Old West. It was here that the great Indian chiefs Geronimo and Cochise, both from the Apache tribe, led their people against the frontiersmen. Tombstone, Arizona was the site of the Wild West's most famous gunfight at the OK Corral. Many thousands of migrants looked to strike it rich in the western United States' gold and silver fields. Cotton, Copper and ranching became vital economic stimuli during the late 1800s and early 1900s. And Arizona's famous Wild West culture was born from this frontier expansion. The story of the Vulture Mine began in 1863, 49 years before Arizona was even a state in the Union. In 1862, Henry Wickenburg, a former California gold rush prospector, traveled with several other men to look for gold in Arizona. However, it wasn't until 1863 when Henry Wickenburg discovered a quartz outcropping containing gold. A claim was soon staked and Wickenburg began to work the mine by himself. He named his mine for the many vultures in the area. Before long, however, Wickenburg decided he didn't want to do the physical work himself and he allowed other miners to work in the vulture mine for a flat fee of $15 a ton. Shortly after the mine was established, a small mining town was developed. It was called Vulture City. The town once had a population of several thousand citizens and had buildings such as a brothel, a mess hall, and even a post office. Vulture City's population quickly rose to 5,000 citizens. In 1866, Henry sold an 80% interest in the mine for $85,000 in exchange for a $20,000 down payment with the balance to be paid via a promissory note. He moved northward, settling on a ranch site near the town which bears his name today. But poor Wickenburg was swindled, and although he got his $20,000 in cash, the new owners refused to pay the rest, claiming that Wickenburg didn't have a clear title to the mine. Wickenburg eventually exhausted his savings in fruitile legal attempts to collect the remaining 65000 Destitute and in failing health, 
he died of a gunshot wound to the head on May 14, 1905, and was buried in a small private cemetery. By the late 1860s, the Vulture Mine was described as the largest and richest gold mine in Arizona. From 1863 to 1942, the mine produced 340,000 ounces of gold and 260,000 ounces of silver. It has been credited with the founding of the town of Wickenburg. Though the mine was doing well, it was isolated and vulnerable to Indian attacks. In its earliest years, the miners were fortunate because they had little trouble. But that changed in 1868 when the Apache began to harass the miners, forcing the Vulture Mining Company to employ men to escort ore and the supply trains that were traveling to and from the mine. Apache raids weren't the only problem at the mine. As many of the miners, mill hands, and teamsters were known to be guilty of what we call high grading, or stealing of gold ore. In 1911, the new Vulture Mining Company discovered a new gold vein, and mass production began again. But in 1916, the vein worked out after producing over $4 million. Over the next decade, the mine was worked occasionally. However, tragedy struck in 1923 when seven men died as they were chipping away at support pillars to get to the high-grade ore. Unfortunately, the rock holding up the ceiling caused the support to fail, and the men, as well as 12 pack animals, were buried under 100 feet of rock. There was absolutely no hope of rescue, and unfortunately, their remains continue to be entombed to this day. Some people claim to hear screams coming from the ground underneath them. Others get high EMF readings, as well as strange feelings that overcome them in the area. Although the Vulture Mine was the largest producing gold mine in Arizona, it really never ended up paying out. The mine changed hands several times due to theft, the lack of a reliable water supply, and a series of financial scandals and setbacks. It shut down for good in 1942. Vulture City's rise to fame came as swiftly as its fall, and in 1942, President Roosevelt and the War Production Board ordered the closing of all non-essential mines to ensure that resources were forced on the war effort. The closing of the mine determined the fate of Vulture City, and the town was abandoned shortly after. When talking about Vulture City's paranormal, one tree stands out to be a very haunted place. Near the old mining town still stands with a very notorious reputation for being the final resting place or hanging place of about 15 to 20 people. These people were caught stealing gold, silver, or other valuables from the mine. In the early days in the West, there was more vigilante justice than anything. And if you were caught stealing, you were hanged. Those who were hung didn't receive a proper burial. Some were laid in shallow graves, while others were simply tossed in the desert around the city. Mining was considered a dangerous job and usually came with its fair share of accidents. One accident occurred on February 22, 1914. Two Italian workers were setting up dynamite charges 
However, the detonator went off before they expected, and the blast threw the two men in different directions. Other workers came down to retrieve their injured but still living friends. However, unfortunately, both men died before the workers could get them to the surface. Some claimed to see the two men walking through the tunnels, still looking for a way out. Another common haunted building in Vulture City is called the Powerhouse. The man who haunts this building is known as James Davis, or Jimmy. In May 1916, Davis discovered a malfunction in the mining system and went to replace the belt. Without warning from the other workers, Davis swung the belt too close to the center shaft and ended up getting one arm stuck in the loop. He was swung around in the air, hitting several pieces of heavy equipment before falling and breaking damn near every bone in his body. Jimmy's colleagues had not noticed the danger he'd gotten himself into until he screamed for help. But by then, it was too late. He fell from the shafting, and despite the terrible pain he felt, he managed to utter his last and final words, Someone help me, for God's sake. Davis managed to live another five hours before finally passing away without any help from any of his colleagues. Davis's ghost is sometimes recognized by the sound of pulley belts whipping around and a man screaming in the distance. This reported presence has led several paranormal investigators and ghost hunters to observe the mines. One report from investigators has confirmed the presence of Jimmy's spirit at the mine's powerhouse by using an electromagnet frequencies and tools used to detect spiritual activities. At times, paranormal investigators have claimed to have heard the distant sounds of men working in the mines, along with pickaxes being thrown. One investigator even heard a man begging for help during his overnight stay at the mine. Supposedly, the spirits of the thieves can be heard lurking around the mines, protecting their gold perhaps? The gold from Vulture Mine was stored at the essay office in vaults placed underground. The office fell victim to thieves many times, who eventually, and supposedly, stole more than $200,000 worth of gold. Vulture Mine is said to have had cold spots throughout the vacant and abandoned homes and buildings in the town. The bordello is also known for its paranormal activity. Shadowy figures have been seen by people and voices have been heard in this building as well. The bordello is known for the ghost of a former prostitute who we know as Mexican Rita. According to rumors, sometimes when investigators call out to her, paranormal activity would kick up and an EVP even captured a disembodied voice asking, do you know the way out? Rumor has it that the most active paranormal location in this town is the schoolhouse. People have seen dark figures and have heard children's laughter. And in one instance, an investigator was physically attacked by being pushed. There is another rumor of a mass grave of children near the schoolhouse 
The story goes that these children died of the plague. But during our research, we found nothing to support this. So, is it a rumor? Or is it the truth? Ghost Adventures went out to Vulture Goldmine and filmed an episode there back in October of 2010. If you're interested in watching this particular episode, it's season four, episode seven. While Ghost Adventures was on site, several things occurred. The EMF detector started spiking. Residual noises occurred, including the sound of crashing, screaming, banging, footsteps, crying, laughing, and even piano playing. EVPs were captured such as, what's that? Get out. Leave. I want your money. And take the gold. Two apparitions were seen. The first time happened when Zack shut a door. However, before it closes all the way, a ball of light comes out of it and disappears near the roof. The other was a light anomaly that shot towards Zack's prop gun. The Vulture Mine is open for a self-walking tour. You can find more information about the tour in the description of this episode. The tour is $10 per person and only cash is accepted. Some tips for touring the mine? Wear a hat to keep your head clean of possible falling dust and droppings. Wear some good walking shoes and bring plenty of water to avoid dehydration. Also, special arrangements for an overnight paranormal investigation can be scheduled with the caretakers. As always, friends, we're wishing you unpleasant dreams. I'm Lindsay, and I will catch you next time when we discuss the famous Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado, on Blood and Black Lace. Welcome to the Blood and Black Lace After Show. I am your host, Delvin Cox, and with me on this journey is the host of the Blood and Black Lace podcast, Miss Lindsay Gray. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. For those who don't know, this is kind of a new format we're trying with Blood and Black Lace, where after every episode, I'm going to sit down and talk with the creator of the show, Lindsay. We're going to talk talk about the episode, get her thoughts on certain issues and things with the episode, and going forth, this is how we're kind of going to be doing it. So, first and foremost, Lindsay, before we start the episode, my first question for you is, why the format change? I think that's something that's going to be in everybody's mind who listens to the podcast as of now. Well, the format change actually came because uh, my co-host, Amanda, decided that she wanted to... Um, kind of branch off and and do her own thing and stuff like that and I wish her nothing but the best I you know I'm excited to see what she comes out with she's doing a podcast apparently on conspiracy theories so I'm actually very excited to see what she comes up with and where she goes with it and I wish her nothing but the best and she's always welcome to come back that's an awesome awesome answer best thoughts and wishes to Amanda Good luck with your new project. This is awesome. We're going to continue this going on, moving forward with this podcast, and keep building on what you guys, the legacy that you guys already started with the Blood and Lace podcast. Sounds good? Sounds great to me. 
Okay, bye. Another question I have for you is, a lot of people probably wonder, because a lot of times when you guys talk on the, after the Blood and Black Lace podcast, you guys don't really talk about the process. So let's get in the process of you finding the stories that you want to talk about on each episode. How did that work for you exactly? Well, I got the idea from this whole podcast um, from watching Unsolved Mysteries as a kid. I grew up with Unsolved Mysteries. I watched it with my mom. It always fascinated me, especially the ghost stories in Unsolved Mysteries. I mean, I'm sorry, but nobody scares me like Robert Stack. I mean, that man was just creepy in his trench coat. That just brought a whole new creepiness to Robert Stack with his trench coat. But anyways, moving on. Um, I decided that I wanted to do a podcast on paranormal because, you know, I believe there's two types of people in this world. There's people that believe and there's people that don't. And if you don't believe, it's usually because you haven't had an experience. You have, you know, not had something happen to you. I wasn't a believer until I had something happen to me. So, you know, that's kind of why I wanted to, to bring this up. There's a lot of, you know, ghost hunters. They got ghost adventures. You got ghost brothers. There's so much stuff going on with paranormal stuff this day and age that I thought, why the hell not? So I have to ask this then, because you brought it up. Hold on. Before we go move on, I want to ask this, because you brought it up. What was the paranormal thing that happened to you that kind of brought you to this impasse where you felt like you had to talk about it? Well, I was in, um, I, li- I live in Richmond, and Richmond was, you know, home to a lot of, you know, battles in the Civil War and stuff like that. And one of the battlefields that I'm close by that is considered like one of the most haunted battlefields in Virginia is called Cold Harbor. And so I was with a group of friends over at Cold Harbor, Cold Harbor Battlefield. And we were all kind of like separated in different areas and stuff. But we all heard the same thing. We heard cannons going off. And it was exactly at like midnight that we heard this. So we all go running back to the car. We're like, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Did you hear that? And everybody had the exact same story, even though we weren't together. So my bright ass decided, let's go across the street to Cold Harbor Cemetery. Well, Cold Harbor Cemetery is notorious for being a very haunted place in Richmond. But it's also known to have a very angry spirit. Let's do it. I'm on board. Why not? So we go over there. And we were in the middle of the cemetery. And... I was talking and I was talking about how, you know, ghosts are, it's bullshit, you know, it doesn't actually happen, ghosts aren't real, and I started, like, slowly being unable to talk, like I was being choked, I felt like I was being choked, and everybody's, like, looking at me, like, are you okay, are you okay, and I'm just, like, like, tapping my, my throat and everything, and they're like, what, you can't breathe? And I'm shake, trying to shake my head, but my head wouldn't move. Like, I couldn't move at all anymore. And after a few minutes, it was it finally went away. And I was like, guys, we need to get the hell out of here. The next day, I actually had a handprint around my throat, like bruised. And my mom, of course, was like, what did your boyfriend do to you? Blah, blah, blah. But I was like, no, nah, it's nothing like that. That's not going to happen. You know, I mean, how do you tell your mom, I was choked by a ghost, you know, so, but that's, that's what happened to me that made me become a believer in the, in the supernatural. 
okay, that's a creepy story to say the least. So, um, oh yeah, I, I, to this day, I'm still like I have to drive by that cemetery like you know at least once or twice a week, and to this day, that that it, that cemetery still gives me anxiety. Wow, that's crazy. So let, let me ask you this: What made you pick the topic you talked about for this episode? It was already decided. Um, the episodes were kind of already like planned on um, before the format change. So instead of trying to research and, and find a new you know place, I figured, why not? Because what Amanda and I had originally wanted to do is we wanted to visit all 50 states at least once. Talk about you know one scary story from each of the 50 states. And we hadn't done Arizona anyways. And I was like, well, I'm going to have to do Arizona eventually. I'll just do it. And when I started, like, taught, when I started researching it, I really got into it. It was really like, whoa, this is, like, crazy. Like, you know, there, there could be a mass grave outside, you know, outside the schoolhouse. And these people were trying to dig the ore out and got buried, and they're still there. I mean, like, everything about it was just really cool. And the fact that I have... I watched Ghost uh, Adventures, and the fact that they went on site and did an episode on it, too, was even more kind of exciting for me. So, when you're looking for these episodes to talk about, what are the, like, common things that you think of to make this, okay, this is what I'm going to talk about, because of this reason right here. What are the common th- things that you look for when searching for topics for your shows? I like to bring new things, you know, to the forefront. Um... You know, because I had I had never heard about Vulture Gold Mine until I started like researching it and everything. Um, I, I like to bring. You know, everybody wants to talk about Stanley Hotel, and I bring up Stanley Hotel because that's next week's episode. Uh, because everybody, you know, everybody knows of the Stanley Hotel because of Stephen King. Um, I like to bring things that people don't know about. Like our very first episode was Elbow Road in Virginia Beach. I mean, if unless you're from Virginia, you have no idea about Elbow Road. Uh, you know, and it's just just talking about these different places and everything. You know, there's there's a lot of like scary story podcasts out there, and they always talk about like the big places where everybody knows and everybody's heard of it and yada yada yada. And I wanted to bring some justice to like these little places that are still haunted, but not a lot of people know about them, unless you watch Ghost Hunters or you watch Ghost Adventures and stuff like that. Okay, cool. So, what is your dream place? to do an extensive, detailed Blood and Black Lace episode. When I say detailed, I mean like we go to the site, we like take pictures, we take video, we do the whole shebang, kind of unsolved mystery style. Um, It's actually kind of tied. Um, I've been to the Lizzie Borden house. I went to the Lizzie Borden house a few years ago for my birthday, because my birthday's in October. And That's a weird birthday gift. <laughs> well, I went up to Salem, Massachusetts for my birthday. And I was like, oh, well, I'm up here. I want to see the Lizzie Borden house because I'm a weirdo like that. And I would love to stay the night in the Lizzie Borden house and Speak set up for cameras. Yourself. And... <laughs> what? Speak for yourself. <laughs> I do. I do. I want to get like our little group together and go up there and like stay the night. But at the same time, like I also want to visit the Stanley Hotel because I'm a huge Stephen King fan. And I can remember the first time I ever read The Shining. And I was in sixth grade when I read The Shining. 
and it scared the shit out of me. I was like, what in the hell is this crap? Like, you know, oh, I need some baby Jesus in my life kind of thing. <laughs> and so I wouldn't mind going to the Stanley Hotel and being able to, you know, to see it. I wouldn't mind being able to go to the Lizzie Borden house and see it. I mean, and eventually I want to be able to visit all of these places that I talk about and just be able to step foot in, like, in these places that I've talked about is, like, I think would be really cool. Awesome. Any final thoughts before we go? Because, like I said, this is an extended part of Blood and Black Lace. It's not meant to be another 30 minutes to the podcast. I'm like, sometimes it's going to be 10, sometimes it's going to be 15. Just to get, for you guys to touch base with Lindsay, eventually we're going to probably have, like, Q&A sessions and things like that for you guys to communicate with her more. But this is kind of a way for you guys to experience her in a different light. More or less, not necessarily just having her tell you stories or not, but just getting an inside look on her process and the person that she is. So any final thoughts, Lindsay, before we go for this episode? Well, I think we're going to end up bringing like more guests on the show. <clears throat> we may end up uh, bringing in a another co-host. And I, and I say co-host. I'll probably end up doing like the main story from now on and then just bring in the co-host kind of at the tail end to kind of like, you know, Interview. so you two, so you two can gang up on me pretty much. I mean, yeah. And it's cool. It's cool. You know, you, you guys can gang up on me. I'm, I'm cool. <laughs> um, but you never know. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, we're always changing and we're like, you know, a living, breathing, you know, entity. It's it's always changing. It's always evolving. You know, what I feel this week, I may be like, you know what, let's do it this way. But I do know eventually we're going to move to, like, you know, more of, like, the video and when I'm actually talking about the main story. That would be really cool for me to do. And I really hope that the fans would really like it because... You know, it would give like, and I promise, I swear, I will not wear a trench coat. You know, I, I will not wear a trench coat. I will not go Robert Stack style on on anybody. But I just think it'd be really cool to kind of turn this into a complete like, you know, video podcast. I think that would be cool too. Okay, if you guys want to see that, make sure you contact me or Lindsay on Twitter. Or the Blood and Black Lace Twitter account. What's the Twitter account for it for those those who need to know? Making me look it up and stuff. What what is your problem? <laughs> it is at the T H E B B L podcast on Twitter. Definitely. I hope people go and go forth and do that. I want this to be an interactive podcast. I want you guys to get to know Lindsay to ask questions. Also for those who don't know, who only know us from this podcast or from my podcast or whatnot, Lindsay is actually an actress. So you might want to check out some of her stuff. You might want to have questions for her when it pertains to acting. And if and if people have like their own experience, if like people you know live in Arizona and they've been to the Vulture Mine, you know definitely reach out. Definitely tell me your stories. I mean that part to me is is the coolest of of it all is not only the history, but hearing people have like their own experiences, you know, because I've listened to podcasts before and, and they've talked about places in Richmond and I'm like, oh, I've been there. Like, that's awesome. 
So I would love to hear what everybody else has to say. And like, you know, if you have a haunted like place by wherever you live, reach out, tell me. I'm always looking for new material. I'm always looking, you know, to research. And who knows, you may get drug on the show and be like, all right, tell me, you take over the show. You tell me what what this place is all about. I mean, that could always happen too. And I I think that would be kind of neat. Yeah, I agree. That's just what I was going to say. Um, if you have any interesting stories about some of the topics that we talk about or some just, or you have something that we may not know about that you want us to touch on, that you have some information on, let us know. We'll look into it and you probably end up on the show to talk about it. Definitely. Definitely. I would love to hear what everybody else has to say, but I do have one quick question. Delvin, are you okay. a believer or not? In ghosts and stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. Have you ever had an experience? Yeah, you can say that. I've had a kind of a weird experience when um when I was younger, I used to have a lot of experiences with um sleep paralysis. And every time I had an experience with sleep paralysis, I always used to see like a spirit above me, like it was holding me down. And this was like I've had this experience like for years. And it was terrifying and I don't know what because I was awoke. I can see what's going around all around me. I couldn't move my hands. I couldn't move my head. All I could do was look with my eyes and I just see the spirit hovering over me for hours it felt like. Uh, Can we cue the spooky music now, please? Because, yeah. Yeah. I dealt with that. I want to say I dealt with that until a little bit after college. Thank God I haven't had an experience like that in years, but yeah, it's not a a joke whatsoever. It's terrifying. Uh, I bet. I bet. Yeah. If you've had a terrifying experience, please reach out. Like I said, it's at the BBL podcast on Twitter. Definitely reach out. Shoot me a message. You can also find me on Twitter at Real Lindsay Gray. That's Real Lindsay, L-I-N-Z-I, Gray, G-R-A-Y. And you can find me on Twitter at Delvin underscore Cox. And you can find all the thousands of podcasts that I do. <laughs> in yeah, that you're same on every spot. podcast now. You're like literally on every podcast now. And yeah. that's a shout out to Crystal. Because I love you, Crystal. Yeah, Crystal's awesome. <laughs> and as always... Blood and Black Lacey, we are out. Peace. Peace.